nice article in the Managing Madrid uh, blog. They're wonderful lads that do a great job there. And worth reading about that man there. Karim Benzema needs to rest and the numbers reveal why. Times ended up almost looking like a 6-3-1. Some very good writing about that on the Managing Madrid website. Frustrate podcast as well. Of course, Pere Valverde was a huge part of the equation. Hello and welcome to a Tuesday edition of the Managing Madrid podcast. I'm your host, Keon Sobani, and I am joined tonight by Sam Sharp, our rare cameo. It's been way too long since we've had Sam on, <laughs> and we're recording this. Uh, maybe 40 minutes or so after Real Madrid squeaked by Casareña and the Copa del Rey round of 32. And just an absolutely devastating night for Casareña, who could not do what 300 million Segunda Federacion teams before them have done, and that is eliminate Real Madrid in the round of 32. Just a disaster for them uh, as they were favored to go through in this game. And Real Madrid squeaked by through a Rodrigo Golasso scraped by a horrendous field and a game that I frankly do not want to talk about ever in my life again. And I'm not sure even how much we can drag out from this. So let me just start off by saying, Sam Sharp, welcome to the show, man. How you been? It's been way too long. Yeah, very good. Thank you. It would have been shorter, but my um, my appendix burst just before the live show <laughs> a few rounds back. So oh. I'm an appendix down, but yeah, you're taking it way back. That's uh, that was our London podcast back in February of 2022. Yes, and I was almost on the way. I picked Chris up and I was with him, and we went for lunch. And I thought, this there's something not right here. And um, yeah, I had to head all the way back down home because it was done. It was it exploded or burst or whatever it does. Um, yeah, appendix bursting is I've not not experienced it, but both my mother and my sister went through that, and I do not wish seeing the the pain on their face do not wish that on anyone so uh, i'm oh, glad God. that's long gone for you now and it's, it's over um and, and i don't remember when was the last time you were on the podcast oh it was way before that i tell you it could have even be over a year where we unacceptable man unacceptable yeah, absolutely. you're actually watching every single ray Madrid game because you're writing about it for the site <laughs> yeah yeah I just throw on just get on the mic there. afterwards man <laughs> Yeah, I'll have to try to um, much more. Yeah, for sure. So I like to have you on for these early Copa del Rey games slash preseason games if I can, Mm. in part because you're like the OG Casilla guy. Before Twitter accounts were even getting big, you amassed like almost 15,000 followers like right off the bat covering Casilla. You were one of, if not the only guy covering Casilla full-time in English on Twitter. You rose to Mm. fame and um, you obviously are part of the Castilla Corner crew on the Manager Madrid podcast. You've, yes. you've, you've covered the team. You're, you're a fan. You're literally a Castilla fan, and you have been for a long time. And games like this, you would hope get you get minutes for the Castilla guys. Unfortunately, we didn't really get that today, and I'm kind of disappointed, although Alvaro came in and Sergio Arribas came in. Alvaro, I thought, mm. looked pretty decent in his cameo, although, you know, what can you take away from that? It was minimal, and... um Arribas didn't play enough. He'd have like maybe seven touches or less. And and that's it. No, yeah. no other minutes. Were you disappointed with that aspect of this? I think you can't be simply because with this new structure, teams like any third division team, you've seen it can upset 
there, one of the big boys. Um, and that's always made it tough for managers to now bring in those youth players. Uh, because obviously the old structure, you had the double-sided legs where you'd go home, then you'd go away. And at least one of those games would be flooded with Castilla players to the point where there would be six, seven on the pitch at one point. And, and that just isn't going to happen anymore. But in the past years, we haven't seen any. So to see two, and I think there was about six on the bench, is actually quite a positive. I think it looks like if you're a Castilla player now, there is a window into that first team in these early cup games. Um, they did scrape the win. They didn't really ever look in danger. I wouldn't say they played well because they didn't. And I think um, the home team played really well as well. I thought they did really well and they showcased themselves for a fourth tier side. But um, I, I think it's promising if you're a young player that that you will get minutes in these these early cut rounds if the, uh, the tie is right. I, I guess my counter to that is, and I see that argument, I see the fact that, you know, people will say, well, look at Ray, I'm just track record in the Copa del Rey. We can't risk it. We can't play the kids. Yeah. And I guess, I guess my, my rebuttal to that is like, we're playing Hazard instead. <laughs> we're playing like, what, what, in what, why do we have to develop Hazard over Arribas in a situation like this? <laughs> and why has Hazard earned the trust more than Arribas? Like I, I kind of get the idea, like, okay, you have to play these guys, like, sometimes, you know. Um, mm. But I, I, Audrey Zola is another one. Like, Audrey Zola is not going to be a Real player in the future. Like, he's there's no real uh, in, invested interest in developing him. So that's one side of the coin. The second, the other side, like, I guess I'm also, you know, like, uh, some people really wanted, like, Marvel to play in this game. And... Uh, that one is a little bit more difficult for me to see because we actually have defenders who are not playing much this season who are who are actually good and are part, part of the team. Like I'm, I'm happy for Vallejo to get more minutes in this game in, in a game like this, etc. But though I guess the other side of the coin is we've seen in the past these games in the Copa del Rey, if you put first team players in it, they're just not up for it. It's it's hard for them to get motivated mm-hmm. for games like this. Meanwhile, you're playing a team that's playing the biggest game of their lives. And I just think if we're going to just bring in hunger into this, I think you're going to, the Castilla guys are going to be super hungry to play like this. And the other thing is, Sam, these, this is the level that Arribas and Co. actually play at, like game in, game out, right? These are the teams yeah, they'll play it's against. Higher now, isn't yeah, so it's because of the restructure. This is probably the lowest ranked side I've seen Real Madrid play a competitive game against. Um, they're, they're fourth tier now so they're not Segunda or Segunda B as it used to be known because uh, they're in the third tier um, and flying in the third tier so it's it, it's a it's a level above or below in fact the, the Castilla boys now so um, I think that quality or that dropping quality is why it gets so dry on the pitch at times because it, uh, in that first half in that second half especially actually Rodrigo goes Lucas Vazquez they were they were making these runs and they were caught offside time and time again and I was wondering why it was because it's not like the um the home size defense were playing any tricks and trying to drop back or catch them offside. Um, but I think it's literally just that dropping quality. So those quick runs, they're just not going to get tracked at all. Um, and they actually, they ended up looking really far offside and, and it looked almost incompetent at times. But I think that dropping quality really, it does no good to a player. Like, as you say, Eden Hazard, he's not going to exactly get back into the rotation by, by a good performance against a, a fourth division outfit. Whereas a player like Sergio Arribas or any of these Castilla players, they are going to gain a lot from making their debuts and playing alongside rotational first-team players. Um, so, yeah, you, you are right massively. Well, the, the offside thing is interesting. And, and 
you know, you can take it as far back as the Lucas Vasquez just that goal. First of all, I'm, I have to watch it again, and I won't. I'm not going to watch it again. But that <laughs> <laughs> Lucas Vasquez, I don't even know how he ended up in that position position from the right back slot. He was playing as a striker for that sequence, and it wasn't like I don't think it was like a, just a random sequence where things were just all out of place. It was just a regular slow build up yeah. sequence. Um, mm. Yeah, I think maybe I don't like the other thing is like in a game like this, there's no bar, so. Uh, yeah, like there was one breakaway that Rodrigo had in the second half, which looked onside. I think even based on the replay, they didn't really show it much, but everyone seemed to think it was onside. And they, they you know, obviously they don't let the play go on. They just have to make it call like the, the medieval days where the yeah. lines have to put it, put it up without a bar. Almost forgot what that looked like, but um, yeah, I mean, it, they, there was space behind their defensive line. I will say this yeah. didn't seem like the. Um, it was tight, obviously. It was a 1-0 victory that, that wasn't too comfortable, but it wasn't like some like some of the past exits in the Copa del Rey or even like narrow victories no, where yeah. we get like outplayed massively. It wasn't like <laughs> that quite. So at least there's like baby steps progress. And I don't know if you saw Ancelotti's quotes after the game, um, but he, he was just like, yeah, look, like it was not easy. And um, but our defense played well and we we limited the chances and we're happy about that. Did you see his quote about the pitch? No. What did he say? Uh, it's a great quote. And I agree with him. Uh, he says, quote, I'm just loading here. He says, quote, playing on a pitch like this isn't football. It's another sport, end quote. <laughs> Seemed pretty bad, right? I mean, because there were definitely moments in this game where you're like, why is he not passing it to that open player or yeah. that. And I, and I feel like the pitch definitely had to factored into their minds and their, and their play. Yeah. I mean, there's so many struggles and factors in a game like this that can just contribute towards kind of this shrugged performance against a team that you'd expect them to be five, six, seven, eight plus goals up against quite quickly. So it is always interesting. I like the spectacle of it. Obviously, it's never, I don't think it's easy playing in a stadium like that that was absolutely packed and then not big stands and, and you can probably hear all the chants and all the, the hostility towards you. There's another factor and I, I'm, I'm sure that plays massive mind games for both teams because one team's obviously being brought up and dragged across by the home side whilst the other are just being dragged into the mud, the very, very muddy pitch. Um, To play football on that, again, in that hostile atmosphere, it's, it's not going to be easy to play those passes. And and some Real Madrid players, they'll just, I mean, they'll hesitate to play that quick pass when they know it's just going to get caught up or take a bubble in the mud. Um, And that decision can go wrong. So you are right. I think there's so many factors that just contribute to them playing, not half-heartedly, but um, slowly, more slowly than they would against, obviously, a, a more quality outfit. Um. In games like this, Sam, like I, I feel silly talking about tactics and what went wrong. And like again, no one will revisit this game. No one will care what we say uh, in the post game podcast. But so I, I don't really want to necessarily focus on like, oh, they should have done this. They should have, you know, played this way through the press. Or it was disjointed structurally. No one cares. But uh, I suppose like I, I also don't like singling anyone for being bad in in a game like this. But I, I do want to flip it and say maybe like, can let's talk about some of the stuff that was good. And I'm curious to know who stood out to you, Sam, uh, in this game. That's a really hard question because there, there were no absolute standouts on that pitch. In fact, from what I saw, there are some players, as you say, not just refraining from doing certain things, but just doing them wrong because 
either the pitch or the, the scenario was in their head so much that they, they would just hoof the ball away and they'd miss kick it and it would go out. I remember seeing Rudiger just slap one out in the way that you would not normally see him do. Um, and then defensively, players switching off was... Uh, and this is a massive lesson to everyone because I think every single professional footballer player needs to be respected. But there, there was a player that didn't even start. I think he was called Garchi. And I looked him up. He's 25 because there was an ex-Castilla player with the same name. And I thought it was the same one for a second. It wasn't. It, this guy's 25, 26. Um, and he's like chopped Feder Valverde in half. And then he's nutmegged Camavinga. Uh, and he's got balls go. I think he's then been tackled not long ago. But just switching off like that and, and almost expecting them to do something inferior or... Um, predictable, it, it causes problems. So standouts, I thought Lucas Vazquez was okay. Um, the Castilla players didn't really shine. Obviously, the Rivas didn't have many minutes at the end. Um, as you say, you just kind of look at a game like this where it is so mediocre. You look at the people who fall below that level um, because they're the ones who stand out more than anything, I think. I I, I'll, I guess the standout to me was Rodrigo. Um yeah, yeah, it'd have to be. I agree with you. The goal was good. I really liked the goal, actually. It was a nice touch inside and the finish, as lovely as you can get. Um, he was running at the fact, again, not his strongest game. And there was plenty of side occasions that frustrated him. And at one point, I couldn't work out why they were happening. Um, but yeah, he, yeah, I suppose you're right. Yeah. I think, I mean, like the goal was awesome. And again, like mm-hmm. when I say standout, I, I don't mean anybody was, you know, the Stefano today. I just mean that there were <laughs> there were at least players who looked like they were trying to produce. Yeah, you, you compare. Say, go on. Well, just that you compare Rodrigo, for example, to Hazard, and, and even before Rodrigo's mm-hmm. goal, there was an intent to try to break lines to carry the ball. A lot of like Rodrigo's dribbling attempts, um, he actually was able to progress the ball a little bit and get into some good areas. Yeah. But there was it was also a little bit of luck and awkwardness to his dribbles, and you could tell it was because of the pitch. Uh, but at least he had intended and the goal was great. Whereas, yeah, yeah. you know, Asensio was at least trying a little bit too in the first mm-hmm. half. But Rodrigo, I guess, was the standout to me. Um, and and I don't know, everyone might have their own standout. Like you can you can throw Luna in, in here, but he didn't have any crazy saves. He was just, I guess, solid. His distribution was pretty good too. Nacho yeah. was fine. I think some of like the defensive performances were good. The midfield wasn't like Kamavinga struggled getting a foothold of the ball. Even some of those 50-50 challenges, he wasn't going in and mm. making an impact. And maybe it was because he was scared of getting injured. Um, and I don't I honestly don't blame yeah. him if that if that's the case. Sabios, I think in a game like this actually does make sense a little bit because he's got that little bit of edge to him. He was mm-hmm. okay. I, I just like I I don't really know what to extract from this. Um, from an analysis standpoint, it's really hard. These games are the, the hardest yeah. for me to, to look at. I mean, you'd think a player like Danny Ceballos would just dominate this kind of game where the home side are going to get excited and they are going to over-attack. And it did happen. And the spacing available on the counter at times was was incredible. And that's where the goal came from, effectively. It was a great pass by Senzu into Ceballos. But you thought they would be doing that all day long. Um, and it just didn't happen. So it is difficult to, to really analyse deeply. Um, there's a... Uh... There's a piece coming up by uh, Sam Leverage, the, our, our other Sam. <laughs> and I'm getting a sneak peek at it, and I just wanted to spoil some numbers that he's going to publish in more detail on, on Managing Madrid later tonight, probably by the time you guys are listening to this podcast. Um, stat number one, 
Real Madrid have won despite having fewer shots than their opponent for the first time since El Clasico. So there's one for you. 9-7, yes. they were outshot. Again, it was just wasn't there wasn't that many clear cut chances. I don't exactly, think. yeah. I wouldn't have predicted there was there was nine chances. If I look back at that game, I can't remember nine <laughs> clear cut chances or even any chances from the home side. So uh, there was one that Loonin saves at one point that he did well to keep out. But other than that, even the chances weren't of, of particular quality today. So yeah. Um, the the other two one is that Danny Ceballos had the more. Uh, most duels won of any player. That's seven. Here's one that's wild. And I'll just ask you to guess it. If you had to guess how many days it's been since Alvaro Odriozola last appeared for Real Madrid, <laughs> what's your guess? Uh, uh, I've watched the first thing this season. I haven't, I haven't seen his name. So I would have to <laughs> say... Oh, definitely not this season. Uh 378 days. So you're guessing just over a year? Over a year. I'd say that's about a season and a half. Yeah, maybe that's harsh, actually. But 378 days, I'm going to guess. It's not harsh. It's too kind. 591 <laughs> days. Oh, my God. Oh, gosh. Wow. So this goes back to my point. I mean, it's, it's staggering. That's It's crazy. It was a 2-1 win over Villarreal in uh, May of... 2021 wow uh, in the last day of the league season when there was nothing to play for um <laughs> i guess my point going back to the beginning is that this guy's not going to be a reality player no quite frankly i'm not even um, sure i understand why we even recalled him from Flor- fiorentina they should have just let him stay there he, it was a good fit for him i, I don't see why it's just 100 percent. it's just it seemed like options at the time but with vasquez uh, filling in in that position. Yeah, it didn't make that much sense. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, you wrote the immediate reaction for the site. What did you touch on that we missed? Anything? Again, just this kind of reawakening uh, for opportunities for these young players. I think that they will all be happy with that, especially the ones that made the bench, because they did make the bench in bulk. Um, I guess squad rotation, as much as you question it, with certain players, and correctly so, um, it's always important and, and good to see. And I'm sure the home crowd would have wanted to see a big name like Eden Hazard step on the pitch. And obviously the spectacle of it. I mean, they. Um, I think I wrote in the first blurb that a lot of these actually do turn out to be magical, where you get these these young players coming in and performing fantastic and everyone in awe of them and plenty of goals. Um, but they do go either way, where you also have these kind of rugged matches where you've really got to your way to get a, a small scoring result um so yeah this this time on this occasion it wasn't to be but i do enjoy these spectacles and i always always have well god bless you sam uh and god bless everyone for <laughs> yeah. sitting through this one including the uh i don't know like first 20 minutes or so yeah come come on in uh first 20 minutes or so where uh-huh. um ESPN's feed just cut out and no one in North America could literally legally watch it. Uh, anyways, I one second. I scheduled 20 minutes for this podcast and my two-year-old is in. He's causing all kinds of chaos. He's trying to eat um, leftover edamame skins that I have, have in a bowl here. And he also, you know that door stopper thing? I don't know what it's called. The door oh, stopper oh, yeah. that's kind of like a spring. Yeah. He was flicking so that fun. like like a million times while you were talking. I had to put the podcast on you. Uh, so that's that's a Tuesday night for me. And I, I'm about done. And what time is it? It's like, what, 
almost oh it's like 11 p.m in the uk right 11 p.m is not actually too bad we've done this the worst times so i remember it uh so well, it's not too bad for me well you and i have to have a proper catch-up session but you know back Absolutely. then you were living a bachelor life and i never felt bad <laughs> about throwing you in there at 1 a.m 2 a.m so. right yeah too right yeah i miss it <laughs> uh we're due man we're due to, for for a catch-up session and uh um you know off air i'm gonna try to convince you to come to to, to liverpool for that game uh, in we'll February. try my hardest because you will yeah. you will love that stadium and i would love to, to experience it with you um, absolutely i think the last time i was there the players they park right outside and they walk in because it's not it's not closed off like many modern stadiums so yeah it's a lot of fun i'm excited all right man it was a pleasure thanks for thanks for giving me some time here we'll catch we'll catch up Anytime. soon take care buddy of course Thanks for listening, and before we wrap it up here, we wanted to give a quick shout-out to our patrons over on patreon.com slash managingmadrid, and specifically to our $10 plus patrons, because if you pledge $10 or more per month, you not only get access to everything and not only get guaranteed responses to your questions, you also get a specific shout-out at the podcast. So shout-out to our $10 plus patrons as follows, Brandon Alvarez, Willie Reed, Will Sousa, Way Pairing, Tobias Royal Bacher, Talab Salhab, Tahmid Kalam, Sushank Damala, Sujai Wani, Sumanchu Singh, Sheikh Hatiri, Shamil, Sergio Arispe, Santos Solorsano, Samuli Justin, Samar Z, Said Mahad, Sai Mohan, Sasi Kumar, Rodrigo Balmaceda, Rishi D, Phoenix, Peter Powell, uh, Paulo Fierro, Patrick Odayafari, Oscar Barrera, Nico Laxo, Nicholas Moller, Nick Ribeiro, Mowgli, MJ Diego, Michael Zinberg, Marin Myrtle, Matthew Atkins, Martin Ridman, Magnus Lext, Logan Stahl, Leon Savernakis, Kunal Tilakar, Crystal Glass, Kevin Rivera, Jose Cruz, John Fernandez, Jason Fitz, Ian Marley, Graham Gerard, Gary Cohut, Frederick Rantakiro, Frederick Sundros, Faisal Hamdan, S.A. Davisito, Eloy Enriquez, Edward Sossman, Daniel Williams, Khan P, Christian Toff, Christian Acosta, Charles Williams, Brendan Powers, Brandon Stevens, Ashik Bashar, Arnab Mukherjee, Armand Gashi, Armando L, Anirudh Singh, Ananya Kumar, Azaz Hussein, Adrian Rios, Adar Zalukovic, Adam Dorsey, Varun, Fabian Moreno, and Daniel Smith. We love you guys so much. Thank you so much for your support. Thanks for being a part of this family. And Hala Marid.